0: Welcome to the OMR Podcast. In this week's edition, um, I have the pleasure to announce um, Mark Rapkin from Facebook, one of the key decision makers at Facebook, in charge of the whole advertising product. Um, He visited us at the OMR Festival um, in March. And um, around his speaking gig, he was interviewed by Thea Töpfer and Michael Trautmann. Um, Those two are two of the leaders in um, advertising in general. In Germany, Michael founded one of the largest creative agencies. Tia founded one of the largest uh, Facebook and social advertising companies, Facelift. Um, and those two teamed up their friends. Um, to, and they met with Mark, and um, I think they created a very good conversation. Enjoy. Welcome, Mark. Thank you for having me. Okay. It's so nice. Excited, excited to talk to you too. Yeah. It's so nice to have you. We we had, a, a, had your speech today. Nice speech, we were very excited to, to have you on the, on the big dance floor and um, maybe we, we start with your story. How did you become what you are today? What is your path? Where are you from? Yeah, so I was born in the USSR in Estonia,
1: so still right before the collapse of the Soviet Union, you know, still Cold War time and I came to the US in 91. After four months in Austria, interesting. Uh, so, I think I retained some German sounds in my brain, but no words. <laughs> um, and uh, in the Bay Area, just you know, so much technology around, so many companies. I went to Berkeley. I then got my masters at Stanford, and I started kind of on the more traditional side at Intel, uh, and then moved to Google, and then Facebook. Cool. And I am a software engineer Software by training. C++
0: was my language of choice. Very cool. Great. Uh, what we learned uh, before is that, that your role at Facebook over the 10 years really developed from a expert for a special field into a, a management role. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your team, what's your responsibility at Facebook?
1: Yeah. yeah. Before coming to Facebook, I was kind of a back-end cloud engineer, so really focused on data centers and machines. And when I came to Facebook, I wanted to do engineering, but I wanted to do something that can impact the business a little bit more and move the company. Uh, So I was uh, engineer number three or four on the Facebook ad system in 2007. And that team grew all the way from that time to... um, you know, over 2,000 people on our team today. So it's taken 11 years, 10 and a half to get there, but it's been a pretty exciting set of growth. Yeah. Cool.
2: And yeah. Yeah. Talking about, I mean, you were just mentioning it, uh, the Facebook ads API. I mean, we are a marketing partners since 2011 and... Wonderful. Uh, yeah and uh, I mean now the ads API I think uh, the version we uh, is 2.11 I think so let's be a little bit technical um, so there has been a lot of changes the recent uh, years and um, so is there anything you know n- not looking too far but w- what are your strategies I mean programmatic advertising I think Facebook has been the, yeah, the, the leader in this field so maybe can tell us a little bit about that yeah so for
1: the API and the ads platform specifically we made a decision a long time ago to make sure that every feature that you can do on Facebook for ads using our native tools that you can also do through the platform because we really wanted to create a community of developers that can help advertisers in every aspect And we really wanted to make sure that businesses, advertisers can get the best experience, not due to technical limitations, due to what's the best product that all the FMPs, Facebook marketing partners, or us can create. Um, As far as kind of your question about programmatic we've been really really focused very similarly to the api side we've been trying to always democratize ads we always want every small business every medium business to have all the power tools that used to be only available to the big companies and i think that's been a really good strategy and it's been just really exciting to see small business medium businesses sometimes they're catching up because they have less resources but sometimes they're leading the way on different creative approaches, on different ways to measure, uh, on different uh, ways to, to find their audiences. We have one of the biggest kind of small and medium business bases in the industry, and I'm really proud of that.
0: it's cool. Um, we're both, I think I'm since 10 years as a human being on the platform. Same with you. Yeah, um, and I, I really saw the development as a, from my perspective as a consumer or community member. And uh, now I learn and I hear that that there is some to some degree there is some oversaturation. Some some countries, some people, especially media, wants to tell that this maybe is the not end of Facebook, but the, the end of this. Fantastic growth rates. What is your perspective? Uh, how does the, your core product Facebook develop over a uh, global view? And what's with the other things like Instagram and so on?
1: Yeah, so I think any growing service, especially uh, services like Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, WhatsApp, that really serve almost the whole country a lot of the time, eventually they're gonna reach saturation. There's no There's no way to magically create more people when there's no more people. But Facebook itself is still growing really strongly overall as a product. I think in some of the more developed markets, the growth is slowing down, but it is still growing overall. And then when we look at the whole family, Instagram just hit 800 million people. I think Instagram stories as an experience is at 300 million and all the messaging apps are growing really quickly you know I think the story that we're facing is much more uh, evolution and transformation and what people are doing on mobile um, I think communication which is what our company is all about is still gonna be at the forefront of what people do on their mobile phones they consume content and they communicate but that communication changes really quickly so I think what you'll see is a lot of growth of kind of the new experiences, but I think you'll also see experiences that bridge some of the apps more. Mm-hmm. I think some of the usage we've seen in Messenger and WhatsApp, where people love group chats so they can pick just the right audience, I think we'll see groups get bigger in Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I think in this way, social e- media will evolve, and people will share in slightly different ways of slightly different audiences. But I think it's a fundamental human need, and one of the biggest value that all the Facebook apps bring. Yeah.
0: Well, what I learned, uh, I had the privilege to, to sit next to you uh, on a very exclusive Facebook dinner two days ago, and uh, it was wonderful. Yeah, it was really, really, really wonderful. But um, and uh, what you told me there is. Um, the, that you as a company changed your, your mission statement, vision. You had a vision which was very much connecting everything and being open and you, you, you reworked it a little bit. I think groups is something which comes out of this uh, rework of the, the mission statement. Maybe you can, can give us some insight of this.
1: Yeah, so, I I mean, fundamentally, the soul of the company is the same. We're connecting people. We're trying to help them communicate. We're trying to bring them together into community. But I do think, especially in the early days of Facebook, we probably were slightly too optimistic in all the ways people would communicate. I think... It brought, over the years, a tremendous amount of good, a tremendous amount of connection. But especially more recently, kind of over the last couple years, those same communication channels, humans will figure out a way to use them for both good and bad. And lately, I think people have been, you know, a little more professional at doing the bad stuff. The incentives are so high, you know, whether you're trying to make money on some hoax or fake news or you're trying to influence something inappropriately. Um, And we're investing a lot to try to make sure we're maximizing all the good stuff, all the connection. We're trying to find that by focusing on community and meaning. What is bringing people together? What is a meaningful experience for them? What is the kind of experience where afterwards they feel, wow, it's good that I had that? That's our target. Mm -hmm. And then we're trying to eliminate the damaging experience, you know, hate speech, false news, different kind of activity that's just financially motivated to spread untruth. And we're trying to get much better both with um, AI, with a lot of human review, basically every tool at our disposal to reduce the incentives for for
0: the bad stuff. It's interesting, we, as an agency, we did our first Facebook campaign, I think, seven years ago, and it was about missing children. And we we managed to to create a a page where we had more than 20,000 follow us overnight um, as we were using a picture of missing children when a soccer team comes onto the field where they usually have kids on their hand and we could see really the power the platform has to do good. So we found more than 10 missed children over this over Facebook. And so my I, I, my first experience is just the good thing. And over as you mentioned over the last years we, we saw bad things. And maybe we we touched this this topic now because you 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 addressed it what did you learn out of this this cambridge analytica topic what we what we i mean the topic is very old uh, you, you solved it uh, but it's now in the media so what what did you learn out of this i think it's
1: similar to what i was saying before our vision for the platform at the time was a very open platform where just like windows or mac os 10 where Developers can build applications and there's an infrastructure that helps you build great applications faster that help connect people, share and so on. But what we saw, you know, after a year, year and a half into it is not as many of those amazing applications as we were visualizing and hoping materialized. And so we tightened the platform then. I think. Um, the important lesson for us is to just keep really careful watch over how all these connectivity tools are used and to act much more quickly and much more transparently when we detect bad stuff.
0: You really heavily invest in, into people who are working on these issues? Is A lot, right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, in Facebook
1: in total, uh, by the end of this year or maybe mid next year, we're gonna have 20,000 people total working on preventing bad things on the platform. And that's obviously very different set of people. We have engineers, data analysts, all the people who build the products, but then also um, human reviewers, security people, everyone working together to try to make this just the cleanest, safest and most valuable platform for connecting that we can build. Interesting.
2: I mean, I remember those times uh, when we first did campaigns for clients and they wanted to get fans. Yeah? And uh, at that time, I think seven years, six, seven years ago, we, there was a cost per fan Yeah. and we generated the fans. And for brands, the value for, for brands was getting more fans yeah. so what is the role of fans now?
1: Yeah, so I guess your question if I may is just in the future how do you reach people organically how do you reach people in other ways um, you know I think the, the ecosystem keeps evolving, I'll give you an example um, Facebook pages just was unbelievable when it first launched because there were so many people and so few pages. (laughs) So that combination was pretty amazing. Uh, After a while there was a bunch of people and a lot of pages. So obviously the amount each page gets was lower. But I think that stuff is a little bit cyclical and keeps shifting as new experiences arrive. For example, uh, Instagram now is achieving a fantastic balance where people are following a lot of friends, but also a lot of brands, a lot of influencers. There's so many people from music to fashion to products that are born and driven through Instagram. And, and the vast majority of that is organic. So I don't think this ever goes away. I think also there'll be a big opportunity for platforms over time to reach people through messaging applications. But it'll be a smaller number of people that you reach more deeply, because messaging is turning out, just like for humans, it's a smaller number of people, but a deeper connection but the most loyal customers i think of for instance small local businesses will be messaging with that business and ordering and maybe asking the owner how are you once you get to know them just like we do in person when we step into a local business we like so i think i think it never stays the same but that desire to connection will always be there and it will be there because in the end people want to connect with businesses it's just the expectation what is the relevancy level what is the channel as a person how do i control which brands i'm connected to that'll keep evolving but the need is always there yeah and whenever people need and want something there will be products that provide that yeah
0: yeah no comment <laughs> um, I have one question. Uh, if, you, if you look, we're talking a lot about what is in, in the US and Germany, but the the, the perspective to, to Asia is interesting for us as well. What do you? What, do you, what are you, is your perspective on WeChat? I mean, they they are a company because the, or the mother is a company. They are really a has super app business yeah. impact. Is is WeChat somehow a role model for WhatsApp? Is are there, are there things where you say, well, we want to go into this direction or Is it a totally different story?
1: You know, my mind is still open about WeChat and how it will translate into different markets or not. It hasn't happened anywhere exactly yet, but that doesn't mean it won't happen. I think. You know, a lot of people have written and talked about WeChat. There's a lot of factors that could have led to it happening in China. There's not a lot of credit card or other online payment adoption. At the time, it got big. The app stores were very fragmented across different Android phones. So there was a lot more value-add from a single unified app store that WeChat kind of replaced. Um, And perfect timing, right, as smartphone adoption went from zero to a huge percentage. Um, So, I am positive that all the messaging apps in the world will provide a much deeper connection to businesses than they do today. You'll be chatting with businesses, you'll be transacting with them, you'll be getting receipts, you'll be doing a lot of stuff. But at the same time, you know, it's not clear to me that a lot of the other stuff you can do in WeChat from a pure product perspective if it's the best possible user experience. It's very convenient, but the UI is also limited. So, I think we'll see different combinations in different countries. We'll see all the messaging apps moving toward business, but I don't know if any place
0: will turn out exactly the same. Um, maybe we talk a little about, uh, about e-commerce so having a look at the 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 big player Amazon so how how is your perspective on on, on commerce on Facebook Um, Instagram I think you are very successful Um, yeah we have a lot of efforts to
1: help people discover stuff and shop for things and find things Uh, we have uh, two major kind of commerce things actually more than that The Instagram side, there's a lot of pages that are, or Instagram accounts rather, that are already trying to sell and they have products. And the feedback we get from everyone, both people and those accounts, they want to be able to organize the items better. They want to enable a little more shopping right in Instagram. We're working on kind of shopping and buying right in there, but we will see which aspect of that turns out to be the most popular. And then of course we have a marketplace yeah. in the Facebook app which is growing really rapidly. It's one of the biggest person to person commerce platforms in the world in most mar- and the biggest in many markets. And we're really trying to extend that to be more diverse. We want every Facebook page to be able to show
0: their their stuff in marketplace. It's somehow like eBay in the very early days from from the attitude. Is it right? or
1: In some ways, I think, in the sense that eBay was a pretty broad marketing platform and it had both people selling and businesses selling. I agree with you. I think Marketplace is an interesting hybrid. Uh, it's a little more discovery and browse oriented. It has quite a lot of searching as well, but as usual with Facebook, uh, a lot of times our secret sauce is not just search, but discovery mm-hmm. as well. Um, and the other part that's interesting in about marketplace, it's really designed for an era where the lines in most countries between a person and a business are quite blurry. If you take uh, a lot of countries in Southeast Asia, like let's say Thailand, um, is a person a person? Is it a business? I've, uh, I have can't vouch for this exact number, but I've heard said that there's more small businesses in Thailand than there are people. <laughs> <laughs> and so because Everyone has a, three businesses. But but it's a different field. They're yeah. actually trying to make it work as a business. They're not just, oh, I don't use this item anymore, so I'm gonna sell it. So even the P2P aspect, has a much more kind of
2: commercial, scalable nature to it.
1: I am really, really excited about that product's growth and development.
2: Actually, actually, I'm a gamer by heart, and uh, I found the cooperation between Facebook and ESL, Electronic Sports League, very, very interesting. And I'm wondering, I mean, what is coming next? I mean, will I see also my favorite soccer team, maybe on Facebook?
1: Yeah, so, there's two aspects of uh esports or real not real physical sports
0: (laughs) oh that's Uh, very political (laughs) no no i i honestly
1: misspoke uh i think there's two different aspects that are that are interesting one is the traditional aspect of it which is the content sports of all kinds produces just amazing content real time engaging emotionally exciting it's great But the other aspect of sports that I'm really excited about Facebook for is the community aspect. Part of the reason sports are so exciting is because whenever you're a fan of a team, you feel like you're a part of something, you're a part of the community. And that's the part where I think Facebook can really bring a lot of secret sauce to the table. There's obviously, uh, you know, communities and streaming sites and so on for gaming. But we're really hoping we can build uh, a community that's more engaged, more sharing, um, perhaps in a way safer and kinder than some of the gaming communities. And in general, that's a very exciting approach to us for content, is for sports and beyond, helping people connect around content they love, helping you find other fans of that same content, Share it, discuss it. That's how the circle is built of loyalty to the content, which is great for everyone, but also just a, a lot of meaning and satisfaction. I mean, I'm the type of person where I can't watch anything without, you know, calling my wife and telling her exactly how I felt <laughs> <laughs> about it. And it's not the same without that part. And I hope we can bring that same feeling to everyone.
0: Um, another topic which is very interesting for me. I'm, I'm very much interested in HR, um, the future of work, and uh, in, in several countries you, you launched uh, a job feature where mm-hmm. you can place offers through yes. Facebook. Well, how is your perspective on, on this too? I mean, you have such a I, powerful uh, community; it, uh, it should be very fast, a dominant player in the.
1: I'm very excited this, about uh, this. It really plays to our strengths. We have more small businesses on our platform that are active and engaged than than anyone. And that's where the sweet spot of this jobs product is, is not the big companies, not the jobs where you have a three-page CV, but all the jobs at small local businesses and jobs, you know, in various communities, not just in the big cities. And it's exciting in many uh, in many countries. In the U.S., I think something like half of businesses reported that they either found or hired someone on Facebook even before this without, product. Yeah, without the yeah, I, yeah. I do it.
0: I do it since years without yeah, the tool. very exactly. successful.
1: Yeah, and the the tool has just been a huge accelerator to that. Uh, what we're really excited about is making sure we can scale it and make it work in the whole world. The interesting thing is the job market is subtly different in every country, in every economy, uh, how people are found, how durable are jobs, how quickly things change. Um, So we're really excited to test it in different markets of different uh, world regions and different development levels to make sure it can really be a tool for everyone. But every, every market has small businesses that when they do well they need to
0: hire more people and finding those people is really really mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. cool maybe we're now at hr maybe we we uh, talk a little bit about your speech i told you before that i really was uh, surprised uh, because i I did not expect someone who is talking about his attitude to work, his, his way of working, how he treats his people and um, you, you talked about agility. Maybe you uh, you can, can tell us a little bit about why are you such a fan of this method and you had maybe, I can add this, a very nice analogy between the software industry 15 years ago where they were selling software in boxes and my our industry, the, the, the advertising industry right now. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the top level, I think I'm passionate about this topic so much because I really care about making people satisfied in their work and helping everyone use their talent to do the best work possible. I think the world is changing a lot right now, and it'll take good culture in all the companies and a lot of work to make sure that everyone in the world gets to use all their skills and to and make the world better with them. Um, specifically for me you know I grew up with Facebook I as we talked about you know the ads team grew from really tiny to really big and it's been a huge passion for me to try to maintain that connection between everyone that uh, ownership feeling for everyone on the team that you you do own things you can make decisions and I want everyone on my team to be growing too, not just doing the same job again and again every six months I want everyone on the team to be thinking wow I'm a better me than I was six months ago and the good thing is
2: um,
1: when uh, things are growing not only can that be aspirational but it's almost a necessity if we don't develop our people quickly enough, if we don't help them grow into leaders, um, we can't achieve our goals. So I have both the passion for it and the necessity. Yeah, so you- and, and the most amazing thing that, that's happened to me recently um, is I think on mobile and creative and marketing right now, everyone gets mobile now. That was not the case I think one or two years ago but now everyone gets it. Everyone understands feeds. Everyone understands stories. I'm just really impressed with how sophisticated everyone is. But people are running into a lot of trouble making their big business and their big brand actually work in this new environment at scale. And it's been just fascinating to me how many of the um, challenges are exactly the same that the software industry has faced in the past or even I faced trying to Maintain the same culture in a team that was tiny and now is a lot bigger.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um. You had when we talked two days ago. You you um, talked about your your team. So I, I remember that you have five direct reports. Yeah. But that the managers under this level have one-on-one meetings with you very regular, and mm-hmm. you, you told us that they you don't talk. About their bosses with them, you talk about scary things. that uh, things that make them excited. So you you really have a relationship not just with your managers, but with the layer below it. Yeah, I love this. It's a good concept.
1: Yeah, I wrote a blog post called "Awkward One-On-Ones." You can Google Rabkin awkward, and it's the, unfortunately the number one result. <laughs> But uh, it's it's a big passion of mine that a lot of of our meetings at work, we kind of waste them on status updates. We kind of waste them on, hey, what's going on? Like stuff that can be in an email, stuff that can be in a quick update. And especially one-on-one meetings with leaders, one-on-one meetings with your managers, you just don't get that much time for that per week, per month. And I really want to use it for the most important Problems and and the most important problem is like helping people grow, giving them real feedback, discussing the tough stuff. That's a little uh, awkward, but very rewarding.
0: It's, if it's you not do. just rewarding. It's uh, I could I, I, if you're interested, I could give you the data behind. So when Please. we were a couple of I'd years ago, the, the first time at Google, they told us the HR person. They said when we we look at our t- into our data with human resources and when we give someone more money, there's a two percent chance higher chance that he won't leave the company. If we promote him, there's a three percent chance that he won't leave us. If we give him regular exchange with a senior guy, there's a seventy percent higher that he won't leave the company. And that's what you are doing day by day. And that's why your yep. team can grow that fast. That's yeah. So it's but it's data.
1: Yeah and it's interesting. I I don't have the the hard survey for this this is kind of my own anecdotal experience but uh, we've had over the years a lot of people leave the team because they felt oh I'm not getting enough opportunity I'm not growing fast enough I need to go somewhere else mix it up in order to grow at a good speed I have never had anyone leave because they said oh the bosses were pushing me to grow too fast they were expecting too much from me and really, really giving me a lot of feedback and they really wanted me to grow and I wasn't ready for it. So I'm trying to make sure with, with everyone I'm working with to kind of overcorrect to that angle. Because especially in this industry, people want to grow, people are ambitious,
2: people want to do big things. Tia, so, yeah, what do you say? Yeah, very interesting. I mean, the whole topic of agility, I mean, I founded a company and grew it from 2 to 250, which is not comparable to Facebook, but we are facing the same problem. So.
1: I mean, I think growing your own company that way, it, it carries with a completely different yeah. set of issues. So that's amazing.
2: Yeah, but what what, what I think what has changed in, in my aspect, and maybe you can elaborate on this on Facebook level, is that... You know, when when organizations grow, then it gets political and, you know, you have a lot of discussions about the quality of the coffee and stuff like that. So how do you handle this at Facebook? I mean, there's a lot of things going on. So just give us a... They have the best coffee? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I have a couple of thoughts. One is, you know, political on some sense just means having to do with a lot of humans whenever there's a lot of humans. I think what people mean when they say politics in the corporate environment is people acting in their own interest and not in, in the gender. interest of yeah. the community or the interest of the company. So there's a lot we do um, to keep people focused on the mission and community. We're in general a very mission-driven company. What we stand for and what we want to bring people is very clear in the outside world. And... We try to make every person, no matter how senior or junior, feel included in that bigger mission. Um, I think if all a person is talking about or thinking about it is their project and their team, their world is small. And that's where these divisions creep in and that's where politics comes in. But if they are getting information, if they're discussing strategy, if they're hearing updates on a level much bigger than them all the time, then they feel like part of a much greater whole and everyone turns into this collaborative we all have to work together to achieve the mission culture instead of oh i'm doing my own thing and i'm going to focus on making that better
0: maybe we we switch back to 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 our core business which is which is advertising so so tea and uh, i we 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 formed a joint venture two years ago because we believed uh, that especially Facebook, but social media advertising, it all needs a totally different approach for an agency. So we brought together data people, software people, media people with creatives, and we merged creativity and technology. Uplift is, this, is that right? That's right. Yeah. Is 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 this the right way? Do you think we're on the right track? I love it
1: personally. I
0: think. It's clear
1: that when you're trying to figure out a totally new space, you need all types of people to figure it out. The measurement folks have to figure it out, the creatives have to, like every part of the advertising stack needs to get better at a new format, at a new medium, at a new direction. And my view is they're always gonna figure it out better and faster when they're all working together, rather than each layer of the stack separating and trying to figure out completely on their own. Because we know how much interaction there is there. So I think for learning for exploration, that kind of vertical integration is clearly faster and better. I think what we don't know yet, because it hasn't happened yet, is for really scaled businesses, really big brands, over the long term, will there? how much specialization will there still be? How much will they do in-house, how much will they have separate agencies for everything, Um, how much will there be these combined agencies? And I don't know the answer. I do think regardless of where all these functions sit, in the future the communication between them and the collaboration between them will be much, much tighter than it is today. But there's a lot of interesting questions from recruiting and retaining and growing great talent to business models. Um, I think there's a great cliche in uh, that there is uh, only two ways to make money in business, bundling and unbundling. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to pick those and then you do. I think same thing for, there's only vertical integration and horizontal integration. And we might actually see us go through both phases as businesses adapt to, to the whole new mobile ecosystem cool
0: mark thank you so much for joining this conference for thank giving you. us the opportunity to, to do this podcast we know that you have other topics right now uh, but I'm, uh, we are very happy to have you as a partner and um, thank you so much thank you for having me this was wonderful safe trip thank home you. thank you oh,